Welcome to Revive Families Connecting Hearts with researcher, author, speaker, and coach Jeff Schott. Jeff is devoted to keeping the hearts of parents and kids connected. He developed Influential Parenting, a comprehensive program designed to help parents target the root of behavior issues rather than whacking away at the surface. Jeff also wrote the book Going, Going, Gone, which helps parents understand the reasons kids depart the faith. It gives parents the information they need to open conversations with their kids to prevent this outcome. Learn more about Revive Family, its resources and coaching for families at revivefamily.com. Well, Thanksgiving is a Thursday on the calendar, but for some people, and I think like you and me, Thanksgiving is every day because we're grateful for the gifts that we have, the opportunities that we have. Um, I do observe situations, I observe families where there doesn't seem to be a great deal of gratefulness or thankfulness for what's happening in their lives and going on. And I suppose a family culture gets developed around that or maybe just skips that aspect of life. We would like to encourage Thanksgiving as a part of a family culture. Yes, I think with Thanksgiving coming up, it gives us a great opportunity to consider maybe changing the culture of our home. I've found uh, from talking with families and parents across the country that many feel like the culture in their homes has gotten uh, a bit bland or maybe even, dare I say, a bit negative. And I would argue that what we need more than ever today in the crazy world in which we live is a positive family culture that comes from an attitude of gratitude, uh, that comes from recognizing the gifts and the blessings, the talents, um, and encouraging one another as opposed to always focusing on the weaknesses, the problems, the negative, the, the challenges in society, the challenges in our world. And I know that is so difficult today, given everything that's going on and what we hear in media. But I've got to believe that it produces so much healthier kids. And the research tends to back that up. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite scriptures is 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, 18, which refers to being joyful and prayerful and thankful. And I always appreciated when Paul wrote something that I could hang on to and say, that's a life philosophy. Be joyful always. Pray without ceasing. And be grateful in all circumstances. That's a challenging one, though, to be grateful in all circumstances because sometimes they're not the greatest. But we're grateful, I guess, for being here and having God's help in dealing with those circumstances. Right. I mean, if we really look back at the history of Thanksgiving, we see that uh, in full display. You know, there's these 109 pilgrims that get on these ships that discover end up uh, on the shores of, of this continent. And, you know, in the first winter and in the, the travels across the ocean, the two-month journey, 46 of them died. And then that next summer, the Native Americans come in around them and help them learn to plant seeds and grow corn and beans and pumpkins. And, 
And at the end of that harvest, even though there was a drought that summer, um, they ended up having a bountiful harvest and they put together the first quote unquote Thanksgiving day, which was actually a three day celebration with a lot of prayer and fasting that occurred before the actual meal. But they didn't, it wasn't just the remaining of the 102 with 46 who had passed away. They had 90 people there that day because they had invited the native Americans Mm -hmm. and it was a celebration. It was a gratefulness for having survived, for having each other, for the, when you're starting in a new land with nothing, having come from this very developed country in England, just think about being grateful in that situation. Mm -hmm. Well, it's unique to be taught to be American farmers by the Native Americans. (laughs) Not that we should properly label them that way, but that's what they were becoming. Farmers as taught by the people who were on this continent when they arrived. Right, and imagine how much they must have had in England with the, the way their society had developed and grown to come to the wilderness of this continent and then to find that you need to be grateful when you have so much less. Interesting, interesting thought because today we have so much. And yet when I'm interacting with families and kids, so many kids are complaining. They're not happy. They want more. They feel like they need more. And gratefulness has basically been vanishing. Well, there's a level of idolatry, I think, that's part of our culture because we have been so blessed and we have so much materially. Right. We do. We have far more than many of the nations around the globe. And yet um, we tend to focus on what we don't have, what others have. Mm -hmm. Um, And in that is lost this whole attitude of being grateful, being thankful. Um, And the research around this is absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. And I know you've been digging into it. Certainly there are some great benefits that come from living with a grateful heart and having a culture of gratefulness in your family. Right. You know, the, the research is, was actually really surprising to me as I dug in and, and looked at it and looked at a number of articles from a number of different psychologists and, you know, just some of the benefits of gratefulness. When we're grateful, we end up with more relationships. Why? Because we send those little thank you notes. We appreciate the things that they do and say, and that makes them feel valued. It makes them feel important. Um, it leads to improved physical health. In fact, a study really showed that the people that were more grateful, that were more thankful for their situation, for their life, they had less pains, less physical illness, less complaints. They felt healthier than those that didn't. And I'll never mm-hmm. forget, Jonathan, for me, the very first time um, I went out with a box of food to serve someone who was in the poorest district in the nation south of Philadelphia, all government tenement housing. And I remember showing up on these doors and knocking on those doors and going in and they'd invite us in and sit us down. And I'd be sitting with people that basically had 
maybe a 16th of what my family had. And so many of the people I ran into that day were thankful for what they had because it was better than where they came from. And that was such a convicting and eye-opening day for me. One that I think I lost along the way, you know, and, and gratefulness has been something that's been really a focus of our family just in recent years. Mm-hmm. Going way beyond saying a prayer for a meal or a gratefulness for another day. Um, I like the fact that you point out relationships because I find that in my life. When I send a thank you note, and I tend to send write and send thank you notes, I get a thank you note back saying, people just don't write thank you notes anymore. How cool. You wrote a thank you note. Hey, let's get together and have lunch. I'm buying. <laughs> right. Right. And that, that gratefulness um, can be infectious. Yes, it can. You know, yeah. it, it, the other research says that it leads to improved psychological health because gratefulness naturally displaces a bunch of toxic emotions that can pile up within us. Emotions like negativity, dissatisfaction, envy, jealousy, frustration, resentment, regret. When we start to realize what we have and how fortunate we are, that displaces all of that toxic emotional garbage that can pile up in us and cause us to become less loving, less caring, mm-hmm. uh, less joyful. We can lose, gradually just slip away our enjoyment of life. Mm-hmm. I think there's sort of a delete function that occurs when you've got a, a stack of negative things and then you sit back and put it in perspective and say, you know, they're not that big in my life. The most important thing is all the good things I have, the good relationships I have, the family that I have. So you just erase or delete those other things that were frustrating. If you stay focused on gratitude, that's what the research says. In fact, it says it enhances empathy, that when Mm. we're grateful, we end up with more empathy for those around us because we're not comparing ourselves. We're not saying, wow, I wish I had what they had, but because we're grateful for what we have. And so we end up with more empathy and we sleep better, it says. Hmm. The research says that grateful people sleep better, especially people that write down what they're grateful for right before they go to bed, that their sleep improves dramatically. So if you're having a hard time sleeping, maybe tonight pull out a sheet of paper and write down what you're grateful for as you head to sleep. It improves self-esteem by a study that was done by the Journal of Applied Sports Psychology found that athletes that were grateful for what they had performed better because they ended up feeling more positive and self-esteem and positive self-esteem is absolutely proven to be critical for success in sports, in life. And so there's so many benefits if we'll stop looking at all the challenges we're faced with day Mm -hmm. in and day out, Mm -hmm. the hurts that we've had. When we get our eyes off of that and onto God, onto his grace, his mercy, and we bring that down to the family he's given us and how what a privilege it is to live in this country, boy, our perspectives can change quickly. 
I know you have some ideas about a, a new family culture and some ideas that can help if there's a family that's feeling they're lacking in that. Why don't we cover that in a moment? We're going to take a short break. You're listening to Revive Family Parenting in the 21st Century with Jeff Schott. We're coming right back. Hello, I'm Jeff Schott, the founder of Revive Family. I hope you're finding this series, The Anchor Dad, valuable. And I want to share my heart with you. It's my heart that Revive Family come alongside as many parents and families and kids that are struggling as possible. Because we've seen in the research that we've done with 4,000 kids that the parent-child relationship truly is the key to a kid continuing in their faith. Today, 70 to 90% of kids leave the church as they leave their parents' homes, and it's my heart to see that stop. That's why we try and provide detailed, helpful, accurate information on our radio program and podcasts. This radio program and our podcast series is solely funded by the people who benefit from it. We're counting on you to pay it forward so that we can continue to offer all of this information and all of these resources for free. If you're finding the content from our programs, blogs, and podcasts helpful, please consider making a donation at revivefamily.com. You can go there and click on the Donate tab, and you can donate as little as $5. Everything helps, and we truly appreciate your generosity. Have a great week. Welcome back to Revive Family Parenting in the 21st Century with author, lecturer, counselor, and coach Jeff Schott. We're talking today about Thanksgiving. It's that time of year, but from our perspective, it's that time of year every day. It's always a thankful time because we are so blessed, especially here in the United States of America. You have some very concrete ideas about beginning a new culture in a family setting where maybe Thanksgiving hasn't been at the core. Right. I think, you know, the culture of being thankful, of being grateful, can improve our health, improve our sleep, improve our relationships within our families. Because it replaces the negativity and the focus on what we don't have and what's going wrong with gratefulness for what is happening and for what God is doing in our lives. And that culture can be infectious. And so how do we look at that as we look at Thanksgiving this year? Maybe we drive a stake in the ground and say, this Thanksgiving is going to be the start of a new family culture. And so, yeah, I have a number of ideas related to how do we begin to to change our culture. And what I want to say before we give these ideas is I'm always fearful of giving such ideas because we can turn them into rules or we can turn them into systems and processes that become um, a requirement that can lead to frustration amongst kids, given all my coaching and my research with kids. Mm -hmm. So I want you to hear these things in the spirit of having an open hand and a joyful heart in how we work to become a more grateful, gracious, thankful family. Mm -hmm. Um, I know there's some hesitation when you say, well, here are five ways or here are seven ways you can 
develop a more grateful culture, a culture of thanksgiving in your family. But without the repetition, I mean, some of those need to be requirements and rules, at least for a while, because as we know, all those people who've studied breaking bad habits or establishing new habits say, you better repeat it for at least a three-week period or it'll just fly away. Well, and I You'll think, do it a couple of times and it'll be gone. Yeah, and I think let's take it out of the context of rules and let's take it into the context of example. Yes. And leading by going before. Um, what I mean is we could create a whole bunch of systems that we require of our kids. And my experience says that won't cause them to be grateful. But what I can say is that we as parents can begin to set a different tone and 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 invite involvement in these things that will begin to develop an attitude of gratitude. And yes, we as parents need to be committed to sticking there, regardless of whether our kids respond right away or not, because we're going to lead like Jesus. We're going to go before. We're going to give the example. We're going to show them how, and then they're going to see the benefits and start to join in along the way, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Well, I'm sure there's some techniques some things we can write down that are going to help us. Oh, yeah. Right. I think one of the ideas I really like is this idea of a gratitude, a family gratitude journal. Not something that you do daily or even weekly, but around special events mm-hmm. like birthdays, like Thanksgiving, like Christmas. What if we each created our own gratefulness page in this journal and it could be a drawing it could be statements it could be a combination whatever the kids want to do that begins to draw out that we can then go back and look through and say look at how much we've grown our little kid does this little picture you know at age three and then age four and age five and age six and all of a sudden they're writing words of gratefulness and we're able to go back and even celebrate the history of gratefulness in our family. So I love that thought. Um, gratitude spies. What if we empowered everybody in the family to be a gratitude spy when we see someone else in the family being grateful, being thankful? Um, having that attitude or that spirit, we catch them doing that. We catch them doing it right. And we have, you know, a set of little rewards that the gratitude spy that finds the other person can actually reward that person for being grateful. You know, what if it's a coupon to a scoop of ice cream at Baskin Robbins or whatever those things may be where we start hunting for finding gratitude in our families and we empower our kids to do that with us and with each other. Um, now we're we're creating a culture of of finding that. Is it helpful too? I, sometimes why questions aren't great questions, but uh, when you see a young person do something, and you're the gratitude spy and go, that is very nice. Tell me why you did that. Yeah, or is it, you know, expanding on that. Yeah, or what you know, discussing those things as a family. If you've Hey, you know, at the dinner table, anybody, you know, spy out gratitude today in the family? And mm. and now you're sitting there, yeah, I did, and I gave this to 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 John, you know. Hey John, what were you thinking? You know, mm-hmm. what's going on in your heart that leads to wanting to be grateful? And all of a sudden you're having a conversation about gratitude that's mm-hmm. organic, not forced. I I've attended church services at a variety of of a, in a variety of different uh, denominations and congregations because I manage a classical trio from Russia, violin, clarinet, piano. They play in many, many different churches. 
And there's some churches that have God at work in your life moments where they pause and ask for people from the congregation to share God. These are grateful moments, of course, but that's right. kind of a unique idea where you could incorporate right. that into a family culture of Thanksgiving. Well, and I, the way I see doing that is, you know, if you have a family prayer time uh, before a meal, not every meal, but randomly, uh, parents, you know, apply this with wisdom and season, but, you know, ask one of the kids, you know, what are you grateful for? What, what happened today that was positive in your life? And maybe ask one or two kids to share and then incorporate those things into your, your dinner prayer. So you're now praying back that gratitude to God. Um, great way to do it. Just don't do it every meal. Because then it just becomes a system. It becomes right, a process, routine. and you'll get right. numb to it. Um, and then, you know, I love this thought of planning a family fast together. One of the favorite things I had in my youth group growing up was they did an annual fast. Mm -hmm. And it, we did an X number of hours. We actually got sponsors to help fund missions for the number of hours we fasted. And we would fast for 72 hours, all these high school students. We would be starving by the end. And then there would be this huge pizza night thing where, you know, you just gorge yourself. I, I remember a couple of kids gorging themselves too much and getting sick. But, you know, it was one of those things that what if we planned a family fast, even leading up to this Thanksgiving where we went without for 24 hours so that we were really grateful for the meal and during that time be reflecting, talking about, you know, families looking at, you know, starving kids in Africa and, and famine around the world and become... And what can we do? The lessons there. Right. And, and then all of a sudden you're hungry and you're feeling that and then you get to Thanksgiving dinner and, and when you talk about what are we grateful for, I think we're going to be looking at it through a totally different lens. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing would be plan a regular time of serving together as a family. One of the things we've done is served at the, the soup kitchen. And we're sitting there, and my kids are there, and we're serving the meal. And then they're sitting with kids eating who are homeless, who are living in a tent out in the woods and still going to school. And our kids are going, wow, man, I have a lot to be grateful for compared to these other kids. And so what if we built one of those serving times into the fasting time even? Wow, mm -hmm. how powerful could that be in helping us get a totally different perspective on our lives? In our, li in our, in our world today, there's so many opportunities to do that kind of service as well. And you find out about it through your church, possibly. But I think there are even organizations that say there are a half dozen individual groups that need support from people who will volunteer Will you please help? Right. Easy to find those opportunities for right. families. So serving together is another way to to serve more disadvantaged people that helps us see how blessed we are and why we need to be grateful in our lives. And then for us, we do we've established a great positive morning routine where my kids, I go down, uh, I get up, do some work, go down, wake them up. Um, I'm fully dressed. They get dressed quickly because it leads to a family cuddle time in the big bed where I'm there and I've got one son on one arm and one son on the other arm. And we taught, I sing them a positive song 
to start the day, one I made up about them and their positive attributes, and we pray together and we pray for others uh, that we know are struggling because of the ministry here at Revive Family. Um, There's a lot of praying that happens even with me and my boys every morning, and that sets the tone of the day in a different way. And so how do we start to build that culture of positivity, of gratitude, of thankfulness into our families? Because it can make such a tremendous difference according to all the research. We can be healthier. We can sleep better. We can have better relationships. We can replace the negative toxic emotions with an attitude of gratitude. Mm -hmm. I I really like the morning routine that you have described. And it sounds like there's a bonding and there's a, an anticipation. Oh, yeah. Your kids are looking forward. The boys are looking forward to that Yeah, my, my uh, you know, 10, 11-year-old piles out of bed, you know, in minutes and is dressed because he wants as long as possible to do that. And so, you know, parents that are saying, oh, I can't get my kid to get out of bed and I'm so frustrated and, and it leads to negativity in the morning routine. Well, there's more than one way to skin a cat. And sometimes it's by creating a positive morning routine that incense our kids to get up and get going. That's wonderful. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Thank you for listening. That's it for this edition of Revive Family Parenting in the 21st Century with Jeff Schott. We'll return soon with another program designed to help you become a wiser, more effective, more influential parent. Jeff's website is revivefamily.com. Visit often. Parenting in the 21st Century is produced in association with Faith Radio. Jeff Schott is a pastoral counselor and coach. He is not a licensed healthcare professional. What you've heard is not a substitute for seeking professional medical or psychological support.